Did it meet? We good? All right. Thank you, Brother Rex, for sharing the gospel through song. And I truly, uh, truly appreciate the, uh, those that are gifted in music to, uh, to share their talents uh, by blessing us through the band and, and the praise team and the choir. I can tell you through worship that God, God is moving. If you don't feel him, I, I just pray and ask that you prepare your hearts before you come in here. Because he certainly spoke to me the last few weeks in worship. Uh, we will remember. I remember that's one of Pastor Dusty's, Lindsey Lane's favorite songs. And I can't tell you how many times I've watched him stand in the pulpit and sing it to us without any music. Uh, thankfully, he is a pretty good singer, so it's not too bad. Don't tell him I said that. He may get a big head, though. No, he's a brother in Christ, and I, I owe a lot to, to my walk uh, to Pastor Dusty. Pray for our, our pastor and Miss Becky as they travel, and hope we're uh, resting, uh, but very, very blessed to be here with you guys I don't know about you, but it's been a busy year. Anybody had a busy year so far? We're, what, month and a half into it? If you do a calendar year, if you do a full year of time, certainly been busy. It's been busy uh, for my family as we've, uh, we've kind of traveled around the world, traveled around this country, actually, not around the world, um, but I know that you, too, have been busy because life has just gotten busy, right? Two years ago, my family and I went through um, a lot of uncertainty with what would happen. Did a lot of praying, you know, God, what, what do you want for my family? I was, I was wrestling with retiring. I was wrestling um, a, a call to full-time ministry. Uh, I was wrestling with, with competing for, for uh, promotion board and command in, in the Army. Um, we had bought land in the area, uh, so that kind of laid the gauntlet that, that we would, would eventually be here, but we just weren't sure what God would have for us. And, and, and if you knew me, you, you just know we went through a lot of, a lot of struggles where... I really thought we were going down this aisle, and we ended up going down some aisle in, in some other county, right? So thought God had answered, and uh, over time, God showed me a completely 180-degree answer to what he desired for our family in the busyness. But in the end, God showed me that at this time, at that time, it was, it was for us to stay in the Army and, and minister to people in the Army. And and just be patient uh, for a call. And with the realization that we were going to move came the highs and lows. We had been here for eight years. We had been at Lindsay Lane for eight years. We had developed friendships. My wife at the time was, was the principal uh, at Lindsay Lane Christian Academy in, in the, uh, the elementary ages. So we didn't know what was going to happen with that with us moving away. The kids had only been to school one year at Faith Christian Academy and the rest of their time at, at Lindsay Lane, which they eventually merged. And that's, that's what my family knew. I even sold my boat. That was hard. 
I'd had a boat since 1997. I love to fish. Everybody's, that, that crappy picture y'all keep talking to me about, that was three years ago. That tells you how, how, uh, how little fish is being caught this year. But uh, that picture in the paper is from three years ago, um, before I sold my boat. Then we went through trying to sell the house. We, we went through all the last meetings with our friends and, and families as, as we prepared to go to Pennsylvania. But God is, is a God that's always right on time. His timing is perfect. And in the midst of, of what many would consider really some of the greatest stressors of, of life, God showed me and my family that he had something great in store for us. Leading up to this time when, with, with going through this, and, and I mean literally uh, months uh, just prior to, to really wrestling with, God, what do you want us to do? God sent a message uh, from a missionary. He came and spoke at Lindsay Lane Baptist Church, um, and the message really spoke to my heart, and it provided a lot of clarity for me. In my family. That night the missionary preached on the Brook Cherith. And you'd say, well, what, what's the Brook Cherith? I don't, I don't remember that. Well, I invite you to open up with me to, to 1 Kings 17. And we'll read about the Brook Cherith. And it'll really set the background for, for where we're going to go today. The first 1 Kings 17. And to put it in context, we're... We kind of, this is the introduction of Elijah. And if you know anything, you look up in the scripture ahead of that. King Ahab was a wicked king. He, he did things, he was the worst up to this point. And does anybody remember who he married? He married Jezebel. And we find out later in the scripture that uh, Elijah was afraid of Jezebel. But this is, this is before that. So we'll be in 1 Kings 17 and verse number 1. And we'll be reading initially through verse number 9. And it says, Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land then the word of the Lord came to him saying arise go to Zarephath which belongs to Sidon and dwell there see I have commanded a widow there to provide for you it's an interesting story and if you continue reading it talks about the widow and the provision of the oil and and the flour, and, and that it not running out, and God provides through. And if you remember, Elijah ends up, God through Elijah heals the son of the widow. And it's a very, very, very interesting read. 
But if you look carefully in the passage we read in verses 1 through 9, God told Elijah to go to the brook. He clearly instructed him to go. Then God provided at the brook. If you notice, the brook dried up. But God then told him to go to Zarephath. And once he got there, God provided for him also. Dear Jesus, we love you and thank you for this day, Lord. And I humbly come and pray that your spirit would fill this place, that, that you would speak boldly through your word today, that you would encourage us. Because, Lord Jesus, we, we may be at the brook Cherith today. And at one time you may have provided for us there, but, but maybe the brook's dried up. Maybe you've told us to go somewhere else. Maybe, Lord, there's some in this room that, that they realize their brook Cherith did dry up. And the time was right for you to move in their life that you wanted them to go, maybe to come into this house, come into this place of worship that you would provide for them here. Lord, I pray that you would speak boldly today. And may you be glorified and honored in everything that we do. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen. The sermon reminded me that as a child of God, there, there are seasons in our life. And I think we all realize that we have seasons. And he alone knows where to plant our feet. God has clearly spoke to me that, that just as he sends us to the brook Cherith for, for a season, that in his time... He has somewhere else for us to go. And that's a great reminder that, that I can't and we can't say thus far and no farther, God. I'm, I'm not going anywhere else, right? In truth, with, and I've told Amy about building, building our house, y'all, we all laugh about the process. And, but that was always a fear of mine is, is, is buying land and building a house would cause us to say thus far and no farther, God. But we have to be willing. We have to be willing to go where God calls. Because our brook may dry up. And I'll tell you this, when he wants us to go somewhere else, and we're his children, the brook will dry up. He will get us where he wants us. And some of you may find yourself here today in a dried up brook, or maybe he's beginning to provide for you in a different way. Our eight years at, at Lindsay Lane Baptist Church was, was certainly a time of equipping and blessing. And the truth is, if, if we had not realized that, that God was, the brook had dried, not because of anything that, that man had done or any hard feelings, but, but it was just time that God needed to move us. And, and maybe he moved us to Carlisle, Pennsylvania just to bring us into this church. Because the truth is, if we hadn't left for a year, I'm not sure we would have been willing to move on. But as we left, we, we began to realize that, that God had dried the brook up and it was time for us to go look for a new provision and be open to where he would have us to go. It's hard. 
It's hard to know when. It's hard to know the timing. It, it's hard to know what God has in store, and we have to, to abide in him. We have to, to seek him. But just as Elijah did in verse number 7, God showed me personally in our family that the brook Cherith had dried up, and he told us to arise and go. And although moving could, could have certainly been a discouragement to us, we in the end knew that God had something very, very special in store. We just didn't know when or where. And the truth is, that year ended up being one of the best years of our life. And the reality of it is, we now have other brothers and sisters that we get to worship with, work alongside, that we may have never known. So today, my message is born out of, of these highs and lows, and it's entitled, Finish Strong. And when you think about it, people very rarely remember how someone starts the race, right? Think about a marathon runner. Anybody in here run a marathon? No? Have you ever watched one? <laughs> Does anyone care how they start? Right? Nobody cares how they start the marathon. But everybody watches the finish, right? And that's what's remembered. Who won? How many games are in a baseball season? We're about to start baseball. Anybody know? 162 games. Does anyone care how the first 20 go? No, we watch what happens in September and October, right? We watch as the pennant race comes on, and we watch how they, they finish. Even, when our, even within our church, you, you might hear, or you might know, you may have this conversation at lunch, is, hey, do you remember that couple? You fill in the name of the couple. Where are they? Man, they used to be on fire for the Lord. Every time the church door opened, they were, they were the first to be in here serving. But what happened to them? You know, when you really think about it, our, our lives are like a book with chapters. And it's very important that we finish strong so that when we stand before the Lord Jesus, we can hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Today you might find yourself tired. Anybody tired? Raise your hand. I'm tired. Discouraged at times, right? But on the other hand, you may just be comfortable. You may be comfortable sitting in the same pew, doing the same thing. Maybe you've stayed too long at your brook cherith despite God telling you to arise and go. But unfortunately, you just keep hanging out, even though the brook dried up years ago. Today, I want to share a few scriptures with you. So we're going to do a, 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 a passage through the Bible, travel through the Bible today, a lot of scripture. And I hope these scriptures will help you finish strong no matter what difficulties that you're facing today. You know, life really does, does have many difficulties, and, and they can be very overwhelming. And God, God certainly knew this. Jesus even proclaimed that we would 
have difficulties. If you look in John 16.33, John tells us that the, these things I have spoken, or Jesus tells us, tells us that these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. See, there's a promise there. One of, we're going to struggle. We're going to have trials. We're going to have tribulations in our life. But we know that Jesus has overcome the world. And this is certainly not a new revelation because each of us have experienced trials. We've all experienced tribulations. And, and I pray that you've experienced the fact that Jesus has overcome those things and that through his strength, he gives us the strength to overcome those things. But despite knowing the certainty of the difficulties that we face in our life, God communicated a not-so-subtle reminder throughout the Word of God to be strong and of good courage. You're going to be blown away how many times God said that throughout His Word. Open up with me to Deuteronomy 31. 1 through 8, Deuteronomy 1, 1 through 8, and we'll start our journey today. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 31, 1 through 8. Then Moses went and spoke these words to all Israel, and he said to them, I am 120 years old. That's pretty old. I can no longer go out and come in. Also the Lord has said to me, you shall not cross over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself crosses over before you. He will destroy these nations from before you and you shall dispossess them. Joshua himself crosses over before you just as the Lord has said. And the Lord will do to them as he did to Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites and their land when he destroyed them. The Lord will give them over to you that you may do to them according to every commandment which I have commanded you. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with his people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. God spoke this message to the people, and Moses communicated the same message to Joshua. Flip over to Joshua 1. Joshua 1, 1 through 9. Just a few pages over, depending on how small your print is. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, 
as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you for the third time? I added that, by the way. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God spoke this message to Joshua. The nation of Israel had certainly had a lot of uncertainty. If you think about what they were going through at this time, they had a lot of change going on in their life, much as I described in my life. In their lives, they, they were losing their deliverer through Moses out of the land of Egypt. They were losing their leader. They were crossing over into a land filled with many enemies that they knew that they were going to have to do battle with. And they were getting a brand new leader in Joshua. And we all know that's a, a very trying time when new leadership comes in. But God wanted to reassure the people and the new leader Joshua that he had not and would not forget his people. And to get today, God wants to reassure us of the same thing. He will not. He will not forget us. He wants us to be strong and of good courage. The truth is, we see this reminder throughout the Bible. It should be up on the screen. First Chronicles 22, 11, and 13. If you want to flip there, be, feel free to do so. David says the same message to Solomon on building the temple and leading the people. He says, now my son, may the Lord be with you. And may you prosper and build the house of the Lord your God as he has said to you. Only may the Lord give you wisdom and understanding and give you charge concerning Israel. That you may keep the law of the Lord your God. Then you will prosper if you take care to fulfill the statutes and judgments with which the Lord charged Moses concerning Israel. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be dismayed. If you flip to the right over to 1 Chronicles 28, 19 through 20, David again addresses the same thing to Solomon on, on the occasion of building the temple. He says, All this, said David, the Lord made me understand in writing by his hand upon me all the works of these plans. And David said to his son Solomon, Be strong and of good courage and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, my God, will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the works for the service of the house of the Lord. If he hasn't emphasized it enough, flip over to 2 Chronicles 32, 
7 through 8, King Hezekiah, speaking to the people facing Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, when he was about to attack them. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed before the king of Assyria, nor before all the multitude that is with him. For there are more with us than with him. With him is an army of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. David addresses the same message in Psalm 27 and 14 to offer us encouragement in difficulty. He says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. David again in the face of adversity in Psalm 31, 24, he says, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. All who hope in the Lord. You say, wait a minute, John, that's, that's all Old Testament stuff. That doesn't apply to me. Well, the Apostle Paul addresses it also in Ephesians 6, 10, and 11. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It's certainly not an accident that God gave us so many reminders to be strong and of good courage. And I think the reason why is because he knew that there would be so many trials. There'd be so many difficulties. It may be at work. It may be your health. It may be in relationships. It may be in church. But he will not leave us nor forsake us. Be strong and of good courage. The second point I want to make, and because he has encouraged us to be strong and of good courage, is that we have to continue to run the race well. Because he's told us to be strong and good courage, we have to run the race well. If you would flip with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 24 through 27. It's a very familiar passage to you. First Corinthians chapter 9, 24 through 27. It says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. You see, in our life, we have to continue to run with a purpose, and that ultimate purpose is to attain the imperishable crown that we receive when we stand before King Jesus. Unfortunately, in this life, we get distracted, and our eyes very often get caught up on other things. It, it may be our job, it, it may be fishing, it may be our kids, it, it just 
we could fill in the blank with all the things of this life that sometimes get us distracted for the whole purpose of why we're really supposed to be running the race. We lose sight of the reason we were placed here on this earth. It's to glorify God, number one. Number two is to know Him. And number three is to make Him known. That's the only reason why we exist. All other things, unless they are pointing to those three things, truthfully are wasted time. Doesn't mean we can't do them. Ray and I fished a tournament yesterday and we, we talked about family. We talked about Jesus. We talked about building up the kingdom. We, we shared in kingdom things even though we were fishing. And you can do the same thing in your job. You can do the same thing on the ball field. But it's important that we we keep everything in light of glorifying God, knowing Him, and making Him known. And the truth is, the distractions that we face aren't uncommon to any of us. That's why He gave us His Word as a reminder of His purposes and His ways, and that's why we're supposed to stay in the Word. And it's also why He gave us His Spirit to instruct us in the Word, to, to guide our lives, to help us keep our eyes and our focus on Him. And all of us here today have to remember that, that our job is to, to continue to run the race with the prize in the forefront of everything we do. We have to refocus our lives and shift our perspective from ourselves and what we surround ourselves with to, to Him. Asking Him what He wants us to do what does he desire for our life? What brook Cherith does he want us to go to? What Zarephath do we need to go to thereafter? In truth, we have to refocus our lives and shift our perspective from ourselves and what, have, what we have surrounded ourselves with to what he desires for our life. And when we do that, when we when we have the proper perspective, we may find that we have been hanging out at our brook Cherith for way too long and that the brook dried up several years ago. And at this point, we need to seek him and follow him to where he wants to provide for the next chapter of our life. One of my favorite passages is Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. We have to seek him. We have to seek him and his righteousness. The things of him. The things of his word. And we have to continue to run the race and not grow weary. Galatians 6, 9 tells us, And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Did you hear that? God has a plentiful harvest for us to reap if we don't quit. If we don't become discouraged. Be strong and of good courage, right? If we don't give up. If we'll just keep running the race. Philippians 2, 12-13 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling 
For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. You see, along this race that that we're on, this journey that each of us is running, some faster than others, we have to continue to work out our salvation. Not to be saved, but because we are saved. We have to continue to grow in him. Because we are running this race for a completely different purpose than those that are in this world. We have an eternal purpose. With our friends, our co-workers, our family members, and the souls of a millions across the globe standing in the balance. We have to run this race with a laser focus and a purposeful intent to share the gospel with all those who we come in contact with to purposely weave the life-saving message of the gospel into all that we do because the consequences are dire. We have to stay pliable, moldable before Jesus, saying, here I am, send me. Because we don't know where our next Brook Cherith will be, And the truth is, we don't know when he'll send us there. Ladies and gentlemen, the truth that he has given us, the gospel, has the power to change lives. To change lives forever. And he expects each of us to take into our highways and our byways and to take it to the ends of the earth. You see, almost 2,000 years ago, God loved us so much that he sent his son. He sent his son to die for my sin and for your sin. To die on a cross that if we would believe on him, we might be saved. God gloriously raised him from the dead. And Jesus Christ sits at the right hand of God the Father today. That's the gospel. That's the truth. And if there's nothing else we share with people today, that's as simple as it is. Because that's, all it, that's the only way to be saved. It's by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. As we close today, the question remains, do you want to finish strong? Do you want to finish strong? You see, when we're faced with the reality of who he is, of who Jesus really is, and what he did on the cross, and armed with the knowledge of our responsibility, there is only one adequate response from each of us. We have to run the race well, and we have to finish strong. In closing, I'll read Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, one of my favorite passages from the Word of God. Therefore, we also sense we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance 
the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus certainly ran the race well, and he finished strong. As we offer the invitation today, I just invite you to reflect. Have I been at the Brook Cherith way too long? Maybe it's your walk with Jesus. Maybe it's not being in the Word. Maybe it's not being obedient to something that he's called you to do. He told us today to be strong and of good courage, and I've reminded you to run the race well, and I, I think we all want to finish well, to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Maybe it is you don't even know Jesus. Maybe, as we had to respond last week um, to the gospel, maybe you need to know him as Lord and Savior. Whatever it is you need today, we're here to, to talk with you, to pray with you, and to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Dear Jesus, we love you and thank you for this day.